Good day, everyone. I'm Adam Vargas, your host. Happy to be here on Joystick, the podcast for your retro gaming needs. We've got a new yarn this episode, so stick around and enjoy. Our story today begins with a puppet known on social media as the Meatly. Now, his real identity is actually unknown. Despite regular interactions on Twitter and YouTube with fans, the Meatly wishes to remain anonymous. However, he does have a partner, Mike Mood, who's gone more on record with Kama Sutra on the impetus for their passion project, a little retro game hit called Bendy and the Ink Machine. Mike actually describes it as an accidental success, a happy mistake, which is curious, because they had both been working on a project previous to this. Basically, that project has now been on hold in the wake of Bendy, but Bendy initially started from just a concept sketch, where the Meatly toyed with this idea of a 3D world made of sketches. He used the Unity engine to try and uh, bring this idea to life, and he and Mike Mood felt like they were onto something. So from there, this mystery project didn't exactly have a set direction or plan. Basically, it seems to have developed over time out of a natural progression from the initial concept. So with the Unity engine, Mike Mood did the programming. You have the Meatly doing everything else, basically. From the sounds of it, he was the guy doing the design, the artwork, the story, the writing, the, the assets, animation, all the works that came into what would be the start of this new big project. To the point where he was actually the voice of the only two characters that are initially released with this thing. So, this 3D world over time incorporated a lot of themes and ideas from 1930s black and white cartoons. A lot like Cuphead from last episode, in fact. So this is probably a good time to go ahead and talk about that for a second, this animation from 1930s specifically, because it's pretty important here, especially to understand why the Meatly made his design choices for this game, specifically why he and Mike Moo took these old-fashioned cartoons and turned them into the backdrop of a horror game. Because that's what Bendy and the Ink Machine is. It's a, it's a survival horror game. And associating that with cartoons, you'd think on the surface, might be a very strange decision. But with 1930s cartoons? Well, it might not be so unusual. Back in this time was a part of this history, but we're going to focus more specifically on the Fleischer brothers. And there's a bit of a debate kind of in the background between Walt Disney and the Fleischers. Like, did Disney steal and take credit for a lot of ideas from the Fleischer Brothers Studios, especially when they were very heated competitors for their time? But for today, we're going to focus on Fleischer. Partially because he's become kind of obscured in animation history, which is really sad, because he and his work is actually very iconic. You know when you've seen it, even if you don't know that he was the one who made it. So... Fleischer Brothers started in the 1920s as Inkwell Studios, founded by Max and Dave Fleischer. Now, Max actually invented the technique of rotoscoping, which is basically a technique where you take real-life footage of somebody moving, or cars, or props, basically real-life footage, and then you draw over it. it. This process allowed for faster, smoother animations a lot more quickly and more smoothly. And, on top of that, Fleischer Studios were the first to introduce synchronized sound and animation in the short Oh Mabel Mother Pin a Rose on Me in 1924. Now, most people kind of attribute the uh, synchronized sound to Steamboat Lily to Disney, but 
that little short was uh, released in 1928. Like, quite a leap to call that the first in that regard. Anyway, Fleischer would go on to create a lot of classic characters. The two most popular that we still recognize today would be Betty Boop and Popeye, but one of their biggest mascots of the time was uh, Bimbo the Dog. That'll become relevant in a minute. The animation uh, style that we see here, the animation style here is often described as rubber hose animation. The reason why is because the animation process would animate the hands, the feet, the head, and the body first, and then the limbs would be added later. So usually they stretched and bended and bend, bended, bent, nah. Usually they would bend the, the limbs in such a way just to match the hands and feet but with little care for actual anatomical correctness, so usually they were just basically noodle limbs. And oftentimes, Fleischer Brothers created a lot of bizarre and surreal, even nightmarish imagery, and there's actually a fair bit of uh, cultish imagery and satanic themes that can be found in a lot of Fleischer cartoons, which is where a lot of the uh, more nightmarish kind of ideas and concepts of that time come from. The stories that they created were also much darker than Disney, and the characters were in much more scary situations. As an example, going back to Bimbo the dog, he's kind of known in a couple of infamous Fleischer shorts. One is Swing You Sinners, where you have ghosts haunting Bimbo for his misdeeds in a, in a graveyard song number. It's pretty surreal. And then there's Bimbo's Initiation, where Bimbo is forced to join a cult. No joke, like the joke being that the cult is made up of clones of his girlfriend. It's it's really weird. It's bizarre, it's creepy. It's it, it was it was designed to grab people's attention, to be shocking as well as be funny. And honestly, it kind of worked because that reputation still stands. I I honestly recommend you guys look up Fleischer cartoons or 1930s cartoons like on YouTube or wherever you can find them because You'll get what I'm saying. If you haven't seen them already, there's a lot of source material there for a horror game. And that is exactly what the Meatly decided to do with his 3D sketch world idea. He decided to take these satanic themes, the surrealism, the cultural just context of the, these old cartoons are scary, and made a game around that idea. So, but that only tells half the story, because... Bendy is kind of an interesting project, an interesting release. The reason being is that they decided to divide this project into five parts, five chapters they call them, and each chapter is being developed one right after the other. Now this is an example of the serialized game. its I don't think it really has an official term, but it's definitely one of those ideas that's kind of new still, though it's been around for a few years by this point. Basically, the idea of dividing a game's release into different schedules, like episodes of a television series. This was actually popularized by Telltale Games with their interactive story games, especially with the first season of their adaptation of The Walking Dead. That was where it really, the, the serialized game really sort of gained attention. And Telltale Games are still sort of the developers who do this sort of thing more often than anybody else. And Bendy is one of those rare exceptions where we see another studio actually taking this serialized format and rolling with it. Because we see the first chapter of Bendy and the Ink Machine, Moving Pictures, released on February 10th of this year on Game Jolt as basically a proof of concept. A beta sold for, I believe, five bucks just to see how people would like it, see how the concept was sold to people. 
and it actually gained a, quite a bit of traction and popularity. It was lauded for a very unique visual design, a very distinctly suspenseful and horrific atmosphere. Even in this one small brief chapter, they managed to really sell this concept of the horror of classic Fleischer's uh, cartoons. And they did this by creating their own cast of characters. Bendy is a wholly unique character that the Meatly himself created. The entire cast of characters that would go on to be uh, showcased in Bendy and the Ink Machine are entirely a creation of the Meatly, but their inspiration can be found in Fleischer cartoons. And like I said, that, that's why I recommend you watch those Fleischer cartoons, because they really shed a lot of light on why the Meatly did what he did and why it gained so much traction with people. But Mike Mood also talks about the success of their project being from common-sense decision-making. For example, Mood's wife, Jillian Mood, had, was the, is, I believe, still the owner of the Capital Gaming Expo. She, she was the one who came up with the idea of dividing the project into separate chapters and reaping the benefits from that, which I'll get to in a minute. But she, as, also as the owner of Capital Gaming Expo, was able to help Mike and the Meatly showcase the second chapter to gamers and industry leaders at the, the expose in order to increase the game's exposure to the market and really just get the name out there, Bendy and the Ink Machine. And on top of all that, they also even got a, a toy deal with a company called Fat Mojo. Uh, that's P-H for fat. Uh, just roll with it. So basically, they approached Mike and the Meatly about a licensing deal at a show over in Vegas. Basically, they were able to get a deal for Hot Topic toys to be released, which started in late August of this year. So... Mike Mood's overall theme and idea for why the project gained as much traction as it did and why the team has been so successful was because they made partnerships. They focused on strength, on their own individual strengths and relied on others to cover the weaknesses. They divided the workload They, they uh, and, and divided the release schedule, which actually came with a lot of benefits, especially once Chapter 2 was released, because through chapter purchases and donations, the chapters over would actually get funded, and that's exactly what's happened when you have uh, the Meatly setting up Patreon to have a regular monthly uh, subscription come in and add revenue to the project. And a lot of people have been using Patreon lately, especially like YouTube content creators, example, to help boost their income with the support of fans, basically sort of patron-esque system. And that's exactly what Bendy decided to do. Rather than doing something like a lump sum crowdsourcing, crowdfunding uh, campaign, they decided to go for a monthly subscription Patreon uh, system. And honestly, it seems to have been doing very well for them because with each chapter release, all the chapters that have come before have also gotten free updates and improvements. So every time the game is uh, releases a new chapter, the rest of the whole game is essentially re-released. It's essentially up. There's more content to be found. There's more to be appreciated. And I think that shows the time and dedication and effort that this studio and these two guys have. And of course, the wait time between chapters is much shorter compared to the sequel by sequel production of larger games that typically get released. Now, those larger games tend to be longer because Benny and the Ink Machine's chapters are actually quite short, but nevertheless, uh, the Meatly can prolong the life cycle and the longevity of the game by having its release schedule be divided in such a way to keep fans interested in coming back to the project. Their second chapter, The Old Song, had been released April 18th of 2017, two months after the first chapter. Mike described that as a very hectic two months where they had worked themselves to the bone. And as we can see, 
with Chapter 3 having been released on September 28th of, 20, of this year, so it was a much longer uh, development span between Chapters 2 and Chapter 3. But it shows, because in Chapter 3 we see much more increased scale for the development of this project. More voice acting talent coming in, more writing talent, more unique programming brought into this project. And overall, this was this has been a very interesting and very successful experiment, I'd say. Basically, what we see in Bendy is a modernization of past genres. In with Cuphead in la in the last episode, we saw a project that tried to faithfully recreate the look and design and feel of cart of classic cartoons and classic video games. But with here in Bendy and the Ink Machine, they took a very different approach. They took very similar source material. They used past genres and stories to tell a much more modern kind of story, to deliver a much more modern experience with more modern gaming conventions. It's a first-person view in a 3D environment where you interact and you perform puzzles to get from point A to point B, and and there are a lot more parallels to modern, more modern games in the design of Benny and the Ink Machine, like, say, Bioshock, than there are in the past games of your like uh, platformers or shoot 'em ups. They basically what the Meatly and team did. They took the surrealism, the devil imagery, the nightmare fuel mentality of those old cartoons and branched them off, turned them into something different and new. And it, it's a way to to make sure that the old becomes is still relevant to what is current and what is and what is present today, without completely obscuring what made those original ideas so interesting and unique. So I highly recommend you try out Bendy and the Ink Machine. It's still not fully released yet. The chapters 4 and 5 are still in development at the time of this episode. But the first three chapters are chocked with plenty enough content to give you a, a pretty firm grasp of what you're getting into. I genuinely, personally enjoyed it. I think it's an interesting atmospheric experience, and as somebody who doesn't play horror games, as somebody who is kind of scared of horror games, even when just watching them, I found Bendy to be very engaging and fun and interesting enough without being too overtly scary that I could get through it. And I definitely think that you would be missing out on something really special, really small, but really cool. And that is today's scoop. So, until next time, I'm Adam Vargas, your host, here on Joystick for Retro Gaming Stories. Play on, and keep it happy out there.